may recall the New Zealand Herald story last year. Reserve Bank paid nearly $400,000 for an artwork that was described by that well-known art critic, act leader David Seymour, as an overpriced monstrosity. Well, the team at Scale Studios begged to differ. They helped the artist Jimmy Hills create the work, and it remains one of their favourite commissions. The studios, based at the Avalon Film Studios building in Lower Hutt, also worked with Yuki Kihara, who'll be representing Aotearoa at this year's Venice Biennale on producing some of her large-scale works. Well, Scale was formed in 2018 from the crew of designers and effects artists that had built and shot the miniatures for movies like Blade Runner 2049 and the Thunderbirds A Go TV series. There's a gallery of some of their work on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. Joaquin Loizaga is one of the team that's managed to keep the young studio afloat during a tough couple of pandemic-interrupted years. Joaquin originally joined Where to Workshop as a Lord of the Rings fanboy. He told me the art of movie miniature-making is all about the detail. There's a real difference between miniatures built for visual effects, like for films, and dioramas that go on display, say, for example, like at a museum, because it's all about smoke and mirrors. If we spent as much time doing the insane level of of skill and uh, high-end detail that a like a, a diorama artist or a museum model would take or requires, um, we just simply wouldn't be done in time for the movie. You know, there's budgets and stuff to work with, but there's a lot when you're filming that you can get away with the old smoke and mirrors of is the miniature you're filming in a part of the shot that's out of focus. Well, if it's just some blur in the background, you don't need to spend so much time on it. If the camera only sees it from one side, you don't need to build the back, that sort of thing. So I don't necessarily consider myself like a skilled miniatures guy, but our thing I think is that we're the most aware of what's necessary for the shot. So we can get them looking as, you know, as best as they can be for the purpose of a visual effect. So here I was yeah. thinking that with these super large screens at home and at the cinema and the high def, that there would be a real demand on you for the miniatures to be absolutely perfect. It's, it's an interesting one. Back in the day of celluloid film, you know, 35mm film, um, there's a lot that just gets lost in the grain and the, the, the natural light that you get from filming with that film stock, um, whereas with these uh, newer digital uh, cameras and equipment, yeah, everything is visible. Um, So it has changed things a lot, but it's kind of made the process more dynamic. An example I could give you um, is when we did the, well, when I was working at Weta and I did the miniatures with them for Blade Runner 2049, It wasn't just building the cityscapes to be shot. We actually had that whole sequence planned out in the computer. So we received a 3D model of what the shot was going to be like. We then designed our miniatures to suit that 3D model and then built them. So using that process, we could plan motion controlled camera moves to fly through this miniature city that we would build exactly as it was specified in the previous that was supplied to us. But the beauty of this modern technology is our physical miniatures, then when the shoot was over, we actually scanned them in through a process called photogrammetry. We take thousands of photos and project the the colors and texture into a 3D model with a special piece of software. 
which then could go back to um, a post-production company who beyond the shot that we provided of practically filmed models, they could then take our scanned models and use them to populate the background. So even a digital extension is actually an analog um, piece of work. Oh, see, that, well, that's my question, really, in many ways, uh, is why, with digital being so sophisticated now, what does having physical miniatures add to a shoot? Can it not be all done in the computer these days? Well, you know, there are some things that you just can't trick a human's psychology into believing. There's the concept of the uncanny valley, where something gets closer and closer and closer to believable. Say, for example, going from a caricature of a person like the characters in the film Up. That's the one with the, uh, the balloons, right? So in Up, all of those characters are very caricatured. I think one of the, like the young scout boys, like egg shape. <laughs> so we can clearly identify that's not a human. But um, when you progress forwards to something like those old, um, like that old Beowulf animated film where he looks so much like a person we start not believing it that's where you get this valley where the suspension of disbelief falls away and you look at something and you go that is so real I don't believe it the most recent episodes of the Boba Fett series they've got a CG Mark Hamill and he looks fantastic but you just feel awkward looking at it so when you film a practical thing like a miniature that sort of disbelief falls away because it's physically there. There's nothing more beautiful than an object having natural light fall off it or on it and filming that and capturing that light. So when you use miniatures, there's a tendency for things to just sort of wash over you and feel a bit more easy to accept and calming. Uh, the little bits of serendipity that take place when we you know, drip a bit of paint here or, or crack a little detail there. It's the sort of randomness you get in the real world. And although CG does a fantastic job and they've fooled me so many times now, <laughs> there's something which just works about miniatures. It's not an easily accessible toolkit for many people. I think uh, Blade Runner might have been Denise, Denis Villeneuve, the director's first miniatures shoot in a film. I think there was a, a gap period where it went from the standard process to what we do now, mainly in digital, that there was a gap and maybe the, the training of the people that used it didn't exist for a while. It was sort of seen to be a bit of a, a dying art, but um, used in the right places, um, it's just extraordinary. You obviously, when you were at Weta, had a fantastic team because largely from mm. that team you have created Scale Studios. Now that would have been a big move. This was around about four years ago and the landscape has changed a great deal. If we go back four years ago when Scale started, what were your hopes and what were your strengths? So what I really liked about my career going through Weta was the moments I got to work directly with the filmmakers um, and have those conversations and do that sort of storytelling by how we physically build the objects. And when the opportunity came up, you know, we had filmed Blade Runner out at Avalon and I really liked the space. And then our team who finished doing the season of Thunderbirds for Pakeko out here finished all of the art department that was set up out here 
ready to take on like big feature films or series worth of practical builds was basically going to be sold off on on trade me and so we all put together to um, purchase the kit and it it originally wasn't the goal to start a business but we knew that if we could keep the momentum going and have these international contacts or people aware of our previous work that we had something going for us that remains <laughs> something that we were very hopeful about but the reality of a startup during a pandemic completely changed <laughs> the business plan <laughs> well looking at your web page so, it's interesting though Joaquin because I mean, you have diversified yourself. So you've got the miniatures, of course, specialised work. But you're talking about sculpting and 3D digital modelling as well and and custom builds. Mm -hmm. So looking back over the last four years, I know times are really tough at the moment, but what would be a couple Mm. of your most interesting, most intriguing, most challenging jobs? Our most, I'd say, infamous job Um, that we've done at Scale Studios is uh, we assisted the artist Jimmy Hills of Kaya Media with his, he had the contract to do the fit out of the Reserve Bank's new foyer that was installed just before the start of the second lockdown. He came to us, he had this contract to to do these sculptural fit out and refurbishment of the, the foyer area. And he had a set of designs that he needed to realize in some really creative ways. Um, One of which was huge um, CNC milled uh, swamp kauri po um, sculptures that were going to go throughout the foyer. And on the top and bottom of them, they featured some really incredibly three-dimensional designs of traditional carvings. Um, But he wanted to do them in greenstone a faux greenstone now that was the concept that he pitched and originally was going to be fully 3d printed now jimmy's a fantastic artist but he uh, predominantly worked in two dimensions up until that point so his a lot of his art was 2d vector art and so we worked with him to realize his two-dimensional designs as 3d by sculpting them in the computer then we were able to 3D print them. And I was luckily around when there was a lot of product testing to try and make faux greenstone, um, actually for the Hobbit films. Um, So we created a recipe of casting polyurethane to make a fake greenstone, um, which we were able to cast into some molds that I made to create these giant greenstone sculptures in the foyer of the Reserve Bank. And it was the early days for us, so we were so excited for this project. And I think if, in hindsight, if we had seen what we were up against, time frame, intricacy, we would have wanted to take a lot longer time <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe approached it a bit differently. But it's the most rewarding project we've done. The end result is stunning. It's actually surprising how little the public knows about it. There's not many photos on the the Reserve Bank's website, but I think the leader of the ACT party described it as an overpriced monstrosity, <laughs> which to me sounds like, yes, we've done it. <laughs> I think it's beautiful and it's a real tribute to Jimmy's creativity and really proud to have finally made something that is eternal, you know, it will be in the public sphere for ages. Most of the time, the things we make are used, shot, 
and quite often destroyed by a production company just to protect their intellectual property. So something that's in, you know, a, a national building uh, that everyone can see for years and years to come is very special. Well, it's just down the road from me, so I'm going to go and take a look. It sounds gorgeous. And I did want to, and I know you had to be very careful, um, but you mentioned to me that you've been working with Yuki Kihara, who is, is our New Zealand artist representing us at the Venice Biennale, the Denaid mm-hmm. Venice Biennale. It's such a tough yeah. year for Yuki. We've spoken to her on the program. You know, it's not, it's not your usual Venice Biennale experience for her. But what can you tell us about your involvement with this? So I was just one day browsing the the art department of New Zealand Facebook page and someone had put up a post saying, hey, does anyone do 3D printing <laughs> or something like that? And I just said, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, just flick us an email, you know, at our work email and we'll see what, what we can do. Just send us your file sort of thing. And it turned out uh, it was someone forwarding Yuki to us. And so we got connected and a similar process with Yuki. Again, great to work with artists when they have a vision. And we as, you know, with our varied talents and all of our machinery can help them realize the vision practically. That's kind of our thing. So when Yuki approached us, she had some complicated uh, realizations of places and shapes that she wanted to use for her artworks that we needed to create as a 3D digital model before reproducing. Um, And I think I haven't given anything away, (laughs) but similar process to working with Jimmy. It was interpreting her vision as a practical build. Joaquin Lozaga from Scale Studios.